So what lessons should healthcare entities learn from some of the largest data breaches involving protected health information to date? I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Suzanne Whittup, Senior Analyst and Security Consultant at Verizon Enterprise Solutions. Suzanne will discuss some lessons learned from an upcoming Verizon report that analyzed 1,931 security incidents involving over 392 million records and includes data from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services as well as nine other data contributors. So now, Suzanne, for starters, tell me very briefly what Verizon examined in this new study and what sorts of incidents and breaches involving PHI were evaluated. Basically, what we did was, you may be familiar with the Verizon Data Breach Investigations Report. We went through the data set there, and we combined it with our publicly disclosed data breach data set, which is called the Veris Community Database Project, where we're coding up publicly disclosed breaches and releasing that to the public. So we combined these two data sets, and the criteria for being included in this was either the data that was disclosed was medical records, the industry of the organization that was breached was healthcare or the relationship between the person who the data was about that was disclosed and the company that it was disclosed by is defined as patient. And so with those three criteria, we wound up with the uh, over 1,900 incidents and over 32, uh, 392 million records disclosed. And so that was how we brought that, uh, that study together. And it includes data, as you mentioned. It includes uh, the entire HHS breach database, and it also includes quite a few of the VA incidents as reported to Congress. And these incidents occurred over what time span? The oldest, as I recall, the oldest was 1994 to, uh, to present, basically. The 2014 was the cutoff for the, uh, the records. So now looking at the findings, what are the biggest cyber threats and risks facing the healthcare sector? Well, one of the things that we found most prevalent actually was that the actors are going after the data that is easily monetized. So something that they can turn into money, whether it is for financial fraud or tax fraud or uh, just basic identity theft, that's what they're going after. And since the medical information is such a a rich source of information for that kind of criminal activity, they're really going after the healthcare data, whether it's actually being kept in the healthcare sector or it's something that is collected in other industries because we actually found that 90% of the industries that were in this data set were actually experiencing a PHI breach, whether they knew they had the PHI or not. Now, when it comes to organizations that might have or might have not known that they had the PHI what sorts of organizations are those? Are those business associates covered under HIPAA, or are they other entities that don't realize that they're handling health data? A lot of them are, are entities that don't realize that they're, well, they're not going to necessarily be covered under HIPAA because they're not, you know, one of those covered entities or their partners. It's a lot of times organizations that have this kind of information about their employees. And so it's a PHI breach, but it's not necessarily a HIPAA-covered one, but it's still something that's usually covered under one of the other data breach reporting laws, and so there's still a duty to report it. A lot of times, you know, it's things like workers' compensation data, or a lot of organizations have wellness programs where they're going to have medical information being gathered. 
or a lot of them are organizations that are either self-insured for their employee benefit program or they're farming it out to a partner and they're getting information from that partner about it. And so a lot of cases, it's all these other industries that don't realize that they even have this information because they tend to be really focused on the kind of information that they are pulling from their customers and not necessarily something that they're pulling from other sources. So now when it comes to the incidents that you looked at, were they all cyber attacks or were they also inside sort of things as well? What was really interesting is they were really close, the insider and the external actor. They were within five percentage points of each other, which was very surprising to us because usually you see, like in the, the DBIR, you see a much wider range. And so for this, it was uh, it was a combination of internal and external, very close together and quite surprising in that. And when you say they were close together, do you mean in the number of attacks or the number of records that were violated? The number of incidents. So now, who is carrying out these cyber attacks that we're seeing from external sorts of actors? It varies widely uh, across. Usually they're financially motivated, though, in our findings. There are people who are interested in, in, again, going after that wealth of data that is in the healthcare material, basically. So they're financially motivated, and they're, uh, they've definitely got their sights on any organization that has this kind of information. And what about the insiders? The insiders, well, we have more detail when the actual report comes out, so I can't speak to the whole thing, but it's sort of broken up between whether it's an intentional breach or a non-malicious breach, an accidental breach, some kind of error was committed or something like that. So it's it's divided up between those two uh, scenarios. So now you mentioned what they're after. They're after this personal information. Is it to be used for cases of fraud, identity theft? What What is the motivation, typically? Typically, it's, yeah, it's some kind of financial bad action. It's, it's some kind of fraud, uh, whether it's direct financial fraud, identity theft, medical identity theft, um, tax fraud, that kind of thing. So, yeah, anything that they can use for that kind of activity is, is always sought after as far as the data type goes. So what is the bottom line here for healthcare entities? What should they be taking away from what you've learned? One of the things we do go into in more detail in the report is actually we break down the healthcare industry into some of their subsectors. So we break them down into the like the ambulatory care um, versus hospitals versus like nursing and residential, that sort of thing. And so we give them detailed information on how they differ as well as how they, they have common elements between them. And it's going to really help the organizations to sort of figure out a more tailored approach to what they're most likely to face. And so that should help them a lot. Now, in assessing the incidents that you looked at, are there any common threads, certain vulnerabilities or weaknesses that these entities seem to have in common often that healthcare entities need to step up on in terms of better protecting their data? There were, I can't so much get into the detail until the, the report actually publishes, but we do, we do call out the, uh, the commonalities, the things that, that all of them need to look at versus the ones that are particular to uh, certain subsets of the industry. And so it's, uh, it's very granular as far as helping them to, and making recommendations. Suzanne, any predictions for health data breach trends for 2016? Anything that you think we're more than likely to see in the year ahead? I suspect that the stolen laptop is not going to go away. <laughs> We've seen that being prevalent year after year. And it's something that I talk about every time I talk about healthcare and the need to uh, 
to protect their assets is they really need to embrace encryption on assets that are not used directly in patient care and aren't likely to be a part of an emergent situation. So if they can at least go and evaluate the subset of devices that are likely to be affected that way, they can make headway in, uh, in, in what's going to be attacked versus and stolen versus what's less likely to be growing legs and wandering off on its own, so to speak. One thing that I hear sometimes is that when these unencrypted laptops are stolen, the thought is that the person who stole it, they stole it for the computer, not necessarily for the data, that, you know, they're not very sophisticated and perhaps they sell it at a pawn shop or whatever and they don't realize that the real value may be the data that's on it. What did you find when you looked at some of those breaches that involved unencrypted devices? Well, it's difficult to tell since you don't have the asset to do forensic on. You don't really know whether or not they're accessing the data. Certainly the potential is there if all all there is is a a password protecting it because that's trivial to bypass. So while you can't, you know, you can't tell for certain if they're going to go after the data or not, it's definitely at risk and it's going to trigger a duty report. And so why even have that as a problem when there's this easy fix for the vast majority of portable devices? Thanks, Suzanne. I've been speaking to Suzanne Woodup of Verizon. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.